Welcome to the Lila Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Andrews, and you've tuned in to the right place to up-level in your life and business. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Lila Life Show. I am your host, Linda Andrews, and I am so happy to bring back Allison Charles, rock star shaman to the show. Welcome, Allison. We have some goodness today to unpack. Thank you for being here. Yes, so good to see you again. This is probably the longest we've gone without seeing one another's faces in quite some time. So happy to be here. Yes, so good to have you. And uh, you have an exciting book that is just as stunning as the words are deep, which mm. I can feel, uh, animal power. I can see it also making its big uh, hype around the social media. So that's very exciting. And, you know, I'd love to start today just telling a quick bee sting story that I feel so this is even more aligned, but I'm at the beach with my husband walking, get a bee sting. As I'm talking about Kundalini yoga and my new practice, I've been a devout daily practitioner for five months. And, uh, and I'm like telling him, I'm like doing the mudra, telling him bee sting and then mm. get to read about B yesterday in your book. And I'm like, oh man, this is really wild. So I'm going to really sit with the, the, the B a bit more, but you have a way of using animals with your sham shamanic practices that I'd love to just start out hearing a little bit more of how this book came to be. Yes. Well, I'm so glad. I mean, you just sharing that one quick story it's really exemplifying what I've already been experiencing with the book myself. Um, I'll, I love the backstory, so I'm going to share that in a second. But I'm truly, you know, the co-creator of this book. I definitely did not do it alone. Um, it was the power animal realm and great spirit and great mother earth and myself and also the artist from Brazil. It really took all of us to uh, have this creation come to fruition. But it, while it's out officially on March 1st, I've had a copy for the last few months and it sits at my altar. And so every morning I start my day with the book. And even though I'm the quote unquote author of it, I have just been wildly blown away, moved to tears, all the things on a regular basis because it's such a potent, alive medicine book. And it's just so at one with the divine. Um, the synchronicities are astounding. And even though just a few you know, people around the world have an early advanced copy of it, what I'm hearing from them already, it's, it's similar things like either the day they get it, uh, like you just said, you know, I sent you the electronic copy yesterday and you got stung by that bee. And now we sit here today and you're just like, I was doing a mantra while it happened and you're going to sit with it more. So I'm glad that you were able to, you know, just share uh, the power of this book and the power of working with the animals. So how the book came to be, um, I, it's a funny journey. I knew I was going to be an author from the time I was a little girl. And when I finally aligned with my calling, had my awakening, realized more truly who I was as a medicine woman, shaman, human, mystic, 
uh, I got excited because now publicists and publishers and book agents were reaching out to me like, have you ever thought about doing a book? And I'm like, why, yes. So I'm taking all these meetings. These meetings went on for three, four years, just making the rounds with all these people. And I just could not get clear on the stinking book. And it was so bizarre because I've always been a writer and I've never encountered writer's block. And I just was perplexed, but trusting, trying to trust in the timing of everything. I'm like, this must be happening for a reason. I finally aligned with the right um, literary agents. I'm like, okay, we're on the right track. In my meeting with them, um, this idea came in and I was going to start a book on surrender because, you know, I love to teach about that. And I flew to Bali to write this book on surrender and my very first morning meditation there in Bali, as soon as I close my eyes to connect, because um, it's so easy to connect, heaven is anchored there on Bali, it's like your normal spiritual practices happen way easier than a lot of other places. And as soon as I close my eyes, animals, animals, as far as my inner eye could see, just hundreds if not thousands of animals were all there. And they said, uh, that book you think you're writing, um, it's actually not what you're going to be writing about. And we would like for you to co-create a modern day power animals guidebook with us. And I thought, oh my gosh. And my first thought was, but I, but, but, I, but, but, you know, all the buts, um, but talk about the irony that I was gonna write about surrender. I really needed to surrender the surrender book, let it go. And uh, I messaged my agents and I said, you guys know I live by the divine instructions and calls and I'm being instructed to change this book. So I really hope everyone's on board. Thankfully they were. Um, and fast forward, you know, four additional years of working on this book. And I'm now able to hold it in my hand and I have it right here. It's like such a miracle that I can even hold it up. So that's like the short version of like the wild journey of arriving to this moment and then there's the whole other part we can get into if you'd like about just my very long ancient relationship with the power animals and they were my first spiritual guides and all of that so needless to say the power animals and i are super tight <laughs> amazing and truly beautiful your artist william santiago i mean I can just feel, I can't wait to hold it. I like, I, I had already pre-ordered and then I was like, I'm going to order another one. Like I, I forgot <laughs> that I had pre-ordered. I'm about to do it again. Um, so mm. out of all the animals, why the cover animal? Uh, that's, that's a great that question. Black Panther. Yeah. Black Panther, also known as black Jaguar. Yes. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, gosh. Yeah. I mean, every part of this book was such an initiation and such a rite of passage and selecting the cover was one of those and we waited until my writing my manuscript was finalized and completed and we waited until all the animals were completed and it was really a beautiful collaboration and co-creation also between myself and my publisher who is chronicle and so we worked together sending each other like i sent them a, a short list of some animals that just really evoked something extra juicy or powerful for me and then they from their publishing expertise they sent me a short list of like these are some of the ones we think would be great for the cover and so we just played around and tested things out and um you know also i mean the the steps it takes and the process to arrive to like you know 
a somewhat simple cover like mine, you know, it doesn't have that many words and, um, but yet it took a lot. I really tuned in to the color, that silvery gray for the background, because that color represents balance and oneness. And, and that's really a big part of the book, but then the animal specifically, it just started to reveal they would send me from the art department like mock-ups of the cover and i'd be like move this around change this around change the background color uh instead of the octopus try the starfish you know we we're just playing around and playing around and like we got close um the leopard was really a, a strong possibility but then all of a sudden and all of these versions, this light bulb went off in me and I, and I said, wait a second, have I gotten a mock-up of the black Jaguar yet? And I looked back through all the emails and I'm like, I haven't. So I emailed them. I said, have we forgotten about the black Jaguar? And, <laughs> and, and they said, oh my gosh, you're right. We haven't tested that one yet. And then the second, the second that email came in with her on the cover I was just like oh it's it's a wrap you know like it's for <laughs> sure her and then the funniest part is that the black jaguar is my core power animal so you know it, it took you know a, a genuine process to arrive to her but the hilarity that the animal that ended up on the cover is like my main animal guide so that's how she arrived there yeah that's I, I'm laughing because as I met you initially like I got to have black Jaguar really come through my life during that time. And so it feels so nice to have that. So your friend like, there. Yeah, yours yeah. And, and yours. Uh, you use some really distinct language in your author's note that really hit me deep. And uh, I'd love to just share, you know, the earth inhabiting humans as we each learn to operate from our most aligned, whole and love-based place. And, you know, the next goes on to say, shamanism heals and connects us with our souls. And the call to shamanism is a soul level calling. Um, that that's just feels so deep and robust. I grew up in quite a uh, conservative religious background. And so the word shamanism, maybe even yoga, you, it felt like you were basically saying devil. And, and that was really for a long time, what I would think of astrology, like couldn't touch that. There were all these things that were, you know, super counter to what was being taught in the church. Um, and, and what I love about this is like, in my mind, wouldn't it be lovely if the church was helping us all heal and connect with our souls? And may, there's plenty that are, but not everybody has the gift of that experience. They might have other challenges in their experience. Um, but I, I just want to start with this about like humans and connecting with our souls and anything you want to share about how this book is that tool and why this is important now more than ever. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let me tune into that potent orb uh, that you just brought forward. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised that you picked up on the potency, the transmission that's specifically held just within the author's note at the beginning that just writing those few pages was for sure the most initiatory writing that I've ever done in my life, like by hundreds or thousands of miles. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of confusion and misconceptions around what shamanism is and 
who and what shamans are. And, um, you know, to me, because I incarnated with this calling so deeply embedded in my soul, it's so it, it's it's just ingrained in, in the fabric of my being. And so like I understand shamanism on, you know, the deepest cellular level, it's in my blood, it's in my bones, it's in the strands of my hair, but you know, we really decided it could be of great service for me to tune into an author's note because um, like you shared, uh, if you don't take time, if, you, if you're not personally called into the practice, which I just wanna honor you in this moment for, you know, you're so dedicated to the evolutionary path and the amount that you've let yourself grow to have had that kind of upbringing um, and that much fear wrapped around certain spiritual paths and practices to then, you know, you've done many um, very intensive shamanic trainings with me and immersed in shamanic courses with, that I provided. And um, so that speaks a lot to your willingness and your own courage to just reunite with ancient truth. So um, thank you for doing that because it really spreads huge medicine around the world. So anyways, yeah, let me tune Received. in. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's my opinion that the greatest work that any human can do during our wildly wonderful and bizarre earth walk is to take time to connect and unite with our own soul. As we incarnate, um, oftentimes as children, we are still at one with and connected to our spiritual gifts and ancient truth, truths and our spiritual abilities. But, you know, um, there are often times, whether it's through childhood traumas or just experiences at a young age, uh, where we cut ourselves off from those aspects. And that was definitely the case for me. Um, and so I, I just know how incredibly life changing it is when you finally just simply agree to get out of your own way, um, to commit to relinquishing suffering and to open up the gateway and doorway into the unseen realms, because that's what shamanism is a facilitator of. Shamans walk with feet in both worlds. I am of this earth, but I am also of the cosmos. And I am equally connected to both places. I can just as easily tune into, tap into, and see into the other realms and mystical helpers and spiritual allies um, of those realms as I am able to see your face right here. And once you get back to that place of oneness and co-creation and invite in and allow in that support, that's when everything changes. And the more, I, I didn't set out to become a shaman. I set out when I had my divine intervention and awakening moment that came from a really hard time, I simply knew I had a lot of healing to do. When the veil lifted around who I was, the behaviors that I needed to take responsibility for, um, the denials, when those had been dissolved, I was left with, wow, I've got a lot of work to do. And in that commitment 
And in me saying to the spiritual realms, great spirit, great mother earth, show me the way, um, I have heeded those calls. And that has been what has aligned me with my divine truth and power, my understanding of my calling to be a shaman, my understanding with how my specific um, path with shamanism is to function and, and present out into the world. It's aligned me with the power animals. It's aligned me with my husband, Luke's story. It's, it's I mean, the amount of miracles and places um, that, devoting to you doing work that helps you unite to your soul has done for me it's it's beyond imaginable so um, shamanism is is the most powerful practice in my opinion the most powerful way to walk this earth walk if you want to get to know who you really are your wholeness how to embody unconditional love and why you're really here shamanism is one of the most powerful ways and it sounds too that it can be complementary to anything if you let it be. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to be like, I, I think there's some misnomers almost in our society. And I know you talk a little bit about this, but of like what, what we're portrayed as, as a shaman in, in today's world. Certainly if I think of the word shaman, well, now you're the first person I think of, but maybe before I met you, you weren't the first person that I would think of. And, you know, that, that goes deeper to our all preconceived notions about all things, I think, but for you, um, you know, this, the coming out of the closet as a shaman, versus like using the tool as a practitioner, let, let me be more clear. Um, you as a shaman and using the tools of shamanism, and you talk about this in your intro, like I'm a shaman versus using shamanism tools. Mm. Uh, the, the, the distinction there, that really stood out to me. And uh, it, it feels like innately that we all at least, like we're all shamans like that's what I was hearing it's like we're all but we may not all be accessing it or at least like we all have embed these shamanism tools but we may not be using it absolutely yes because shamanism holds within it the allness and the totality of of all that is shamanism mm -hmm. is the embodiment of the most ancient truths of planet earth and the truths of all the unseen realms it's the nucleus that holds the allness within it and so if shamanism cradles beautiful great mother earth and you know looks up and reveres and upholds and embraces you know the cosmos and and, and multiverses then that equates to yes all living beings both of this earth and beings in the unseen realms it's everyone's birthright to if you hear the call and if you want to this lifetime or not you know no judgment if you don't but if you hear the call and shamanism is like huh there's something in me that this is like touching it's everyone's birthright to with respect and honor lean into the shamanic way uh, because at the heart of it you're just getting to know the planet you inhabit and you're getting to know the unseen realms that's the the most ancient foundational truth of what shamanism is for me too like shamanism has it 
if, if taking this everything as medicine, which I believe I learned from you, or at least I learned and then that was what I got. But uh, in your book, Animal Power, Everything is Medicine, we get to use these animals to understand deeper layers. But this teaching of everything is medicine, moving through the world and literally seeing everything as medicine, for me personally, that's been such a softening and an opening mm. to just look and say, huh, what's really going on here? Yes. You know, and, and like even the crazy shit, like, I don't know, today, 2022, you look around and it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, it's getting weird out there from what the eyes could see. But it's like the knowing that there's more and certainly mm. in religion, you know, there's more, but it, you know, many people have faith without religion. Uh, that's just really speaking to me is the ability to uh, make sense with the beyond and then like, uh, integrate that into. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's what you speak of is, is the great mystery. And I love that you share that it brings to your experience, a softening and a, and a gentleness and, and, and a greater ease in which to move through life. And those are just a few of the main miracles, uh, that do enter in when you have, when you're able to access that understanding, um, you know, many, many years ago, I, I feel like at this point, I've kind of done every healing modality and practice possible known to humankind, but um, our doing archetype work was one of them. And the practitioner at the end of the day was like, my God, Allison, you have been the longest session in the history of my archetype facilitation, like my ego, you, you work and work and work um, through these processes to discover your, I forget how many, your top nine, your nine or 12 main archetypes wow. that you have. And my ego was fighting this final one for like hours. And um, the one, well, the one that I was fighting was the rescuer, but mm -hmm. another one that appeared on my wheel was the victim. And the victim archetype and my wheel, my archetype wheel lives in the house of highest potential. So talk about having to watch that victim energy, victim mentality, victim tendency, like a hawk, because, you know, every archetype has a light and shadow side. They're not all bad, even if they sound negative. Um, they all have a positive side too. But having the victim live in the house of my highest potential, um, I just use that as an example because when you start to expand your awareness into the possibility and trust truly that everything genuinely is serving you, that there is medicine and a teaching and a learning meant for your ascension and everything, that for one example really helps to alleviate a victimhood. Because if you trust um, that like your closest sisterhood container like unexpectedly combusts and dissolves away and you never saw that coming and you never guessed that that would happen, but it's happening, while that might be an incredibly potent alchemical initiatory time, that greater awareness that you have that's connected into the miracle and majesty and wonderment of the great mystery, when you're connected into that, you can pause. I'm not saying you're not triggered. I'm not saying that you're not experiencing grief. 
you need to access and feel those things fully but then there's that whole other conscious dimension of you that's leaning into wh what is the teaching here um, how did we arrive here what role did i play in this where do i need to take responsibility what is mine and what is theirs how can i return to love that's when all of these of service for yourself and of service for humanity in the world questions begin to arise. Mm, so beautiful. And it, it reminds me with the victim piece, like the pre-victim awareness where it's like, I could never be a victim and, and operating in that space. And I, I feel like that's been something for me that's been so freeing. Certainly the past two years, have felt like an incubator for this, but it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, you're doing that thing again. You're doing that thing again. And then just starting to be aware. But I, I try to like reflect back and really tap into the compassion of like not even having the awareness of those things happening. And this feels like really, really important because the victim consciousness, I know this was just your random example, but it's coming through. It's quite pervasive, but it's, seems unknown in what I'm seeing. And even as I say that, I'm thinking of the internal work, like, well, where do I have some of that to clean up? But I do feel that a little bit of this like subconscious victim program that is uh, basically, I don't want to use the word prostituted, but it, you know, in our society really taken advantage of and uh, mm -hmm. So cultivating awareness around possible victimhood and the freedom that could come from that. Do you have mm -hmm. any thoughts about this? Uh, let's tune in to, well, so what's coming in is that there might even be some people listening that are triggered by even hearing what we're saying, you know? Um, they might be, let me tune into what was just coming in uh yeah i mean these these words and these concepts because the ego we love the ego right i mean we we send it love and we send it compassion but it can be very very sneaky and um it can be quite the saboteur if you're not careful um, i just want to stay tuned into this thread so stand by so the ego can very quickly kick in to someone who has gotten acclimated to an internal system within themselves of victimhood of victim mentality to someone who maybe doesn't even know that that is a system that has been regulated within them and then they hear this conversation that we're having right now what can happen is the ego can start to kick in and kick up and say, you know, fuck that bullshit. Like these people probably haven't lived through a day of hardship in their life. Easy for these two ladies to say, um, you know, you know, this thing that I've experienced and went through was, you know, caused so much trauma and, you know, these narratives, this, this, all of this starts to, to take over. And I'm not saying to those who might be having some of those flarings right now, I'm not saying that what you've been through wasn't traumatizing. 
But what I'm saying, let me continue and tap into this thread. What I'm saying is that there's a huge miraculous world outside of these narratives and these thoughts that are flaring in and kicking in right now, because it's specifically those thoughts and narratives kicking in right now that are going to hold you under the net of victim mentality. And I can also sense that some people listening can feel a deep resonance with what's coming through about this. Um, so let me see what the next step would be. Stand by. Mm. So the next step is just that very quote unquote simple, but um, most powerful and miraculous practice of uh, self inquiry, inquiry into one's own heart and soul. And so I would recommend um, for those who want to lean in to the next uh, passageways of this exploration that we're doing in such a fun way um, to close their eyes, whether right now or when this is done, you can come back to this point in the conversation and do it again later, but to close your eyes, connect with your breath, connect with the central line of your being. And tune into your heart, your heart center, which lives in the center of your chest. And just simply ask your own beautiful heart, where am I holding on to victimhood? Where in my life am I playing the victim? Where in my life am I allowing myself to be disempowered? And once the thread, the vision, the insight, the light bulb reveals in one of those questions, I want you to stay with that and hold that in love. Send love to that aspect of your life, that relationship, that behavior, that pattern, whatever that is. Send a transmission of love to envelop that thing. And then I want you to ask whoever it is you work with, speak with, whether that's universe, source, consciousness, great spirit, great mother earth, your archangels. I want you to ask the spiritual realm Show me the freedom that is beyond this. Take me to the first step I can take that is beyond this. And if you've allowed that step or solution to present, you're already 98% there. The potentially challenging remaining one or 2% is you staying in devotion. Now you're now you have now opened up an entirely new portal of your life existence. You've opened up an entirely new paradigm for which you can experience yourself in life that is holds way greater liberation and unconditional love. So now your work is to continue to walk forward and walk toward 
that new paradigm and that new portal and commit, simply commit to staying in conscious awareness of what has presented. That, that thing that revealed, that relationship, that pattern, that thing that's holding you in disempowerment or victimhood, now you and it are united in a powerful, loving quest together. So you will be presented with opportunities in the coming days, weeks, months, where this thing will present to you. You will have an opportunity um, to be initiated. And when this same pattern or behavior comes back into your life, you may feel a trigger, you may feel the urge to react in the same way and do not fault yourself if you do because you're still miles beyond where you were because now you're able to watch it now you're able to be bravely self-consciously aware of what you're doing the key and the miracle path is just simply staying with it and holding the line and holding the line and you will get it and you will continue to evolve and sometimes you can transcend this victim piece in one shot. And sometimes it might take four, eight, 10 rounds of working it before you fully pop through and transcend. And the last thing that I wanna share is, and I know this can be hard sometimes, but also just remember to not pressurize this and to stay in the lightness of this work as much as you can, because I call this earth school and we're all these silly, gooey, gobliny at times human beings that are here just trying to learn and evolve on a soul level. And so this is simply what is occurring. You're in a particular classroom of your earth school now. This is a particular aspect that your soul wants you to evolve in. So just stay with it and you will do it. Um, and that's all I'll say. Uh, thank you. What good medicine. Amen. Uh, I appreciate that. I am using victimhood as maybe even an example. You could sub that, that in or out if there's something else anybody's working with that they need to. And you know, one of the greatest gifts, and I guess this at its heart is the shadow work, but it's being able to look at what's you don't want to see. And, and, you know, looking at, I don't want to be a victim ever, but I can now see when I'm being that way and what choices are affected because of that. And it's something I want to make adjustments in myself because that is feeling more aligned to the truth of who I am. And so whether victimhood or any, anything, uh, what a powerful practice you just shared. So thank you so much. Yeah, that was, that was nice. Thanks for opening up that, uh, possibility to come through. Yeah. Uh, you did mention, and we even got there, some challenges in relationship or, you know, an un unpacking of, it sounded like <clears throat> a friends group, but I, I know that whether it's with, <clears throat> excuse me, with one particular human, I had lost a, a dear family friend earlier, la late last year, uh, actual dissolving of different friends groups, relationships, uh, but loss, grief, maybe just even navigating the changes 
uh, anything that you would like to share about that? Maybe either you've gone through or guidance. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a huge, um, you know, area that we need to stay out for a really long time, but it's just to have the awareness. Um, again, it's that place of trusting in the great mystery and, Mm. and, 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 and trusting in what is presenting. Um, and what's occurring for a lot of us right now is simply a completion of contracts, a completion of soul contracts. And it's happening on a micro level and a macro level. You know, the the earth and humanity as a whole, we are certainly, you know, over the last couple of years and moving forward, there's a lot of collapsing of old ways, old systems, old contracts um, that need to collapse to create new space for newer ways, more divinely current, presently divined, divinely aligned ways to, to come in. And so, yeah, it, it can be really hard. I, uh, there, there was a friendship container of mine that, you know, was many years deep and, um, you know, it, it unexpectedly, imploded and there was so much medicine in it you know i'm still i'm still seeing and learning uh, a lot of the teachings held in that unexpected explosion uh but at the end of the day i trust and and yeah you know there there was a fragmented part of my my human aspect of me um for a little bit that was investigating like can this be saved should this be saved um and i and i think at times that that's a healthy space to have inquiry around um yeah but it's like at the end of the day it's clear that those of us that were in that container um you know we all landed in the same truth that that container it was time for it to to close off and we're now in a space of um a different expansion and a different alignment presenting and staying in a loving space with the great mystery. Like I send both of them truly, you know, love and peace and want the best for them, you know, through infinite time. Um, But now there's space instead of daily contact and daily calls and daily texting um, that was so wonderful for many years. Now there's none of that. And so um, it can be a really potent initiatory place to be in when your system and different aspects of your being are used to a certain support system or a certain way of existing each each day in life. And when that gets obliterated and you're left in more of a void, that's where the real work begins. And I've been on the shamanic path long enough this lifetime and for however many other lifetimes to know that the void truly is is where the miracles are. And if you can get out of your own way and align with that deep trust um, and just give the breath and space needed, like who knows what's down the road? Like maybe we don't talk ever again and maybe we do. And maybe that maybe we do is next month or maybe it's 10 years from now. I don't know, but what I do know is I trust. So if anyone listening has experienced um something similar there's we're just in the 
wildest awakening time that this planet has um, probably ever known. And so it's natural with that uh, for certain karmic and soul contracts um, are, are a lot of them are coming to a completion right now. Thank you. This, this uh, theme had been coming up early on about control and like noticing where I try to control things and that was hard. It still can be hard. I'm like, oh shit, there's the control again. But I, uh, I, I'm laughing a little bit because in that space, you know, rubbing up against any control dynamics, it's like almost the space being filled felt can feel like a, a way to feel control in a way. And then it, it's almost for me, it, like feeling that space, it's like, like what's about to happen in this space and you know it's just so many threads in that um so i i feel like people in whatever way maybe it's it's physical space maybe it's feeling a bit more isolation there, there's so many different ways this could be presenting but the the beauty that comes from the space and in that void as you said I, I can really hear that and feel that so and the power animals are chiming in right now and they're just like work with us that's what we're yeah. here for <laughs> so it is a really great opportunity so if someone's listening and you are feeling that voided space that linda and i are talking about um you know working with different power animals um you know it's like the perfect time to do the work to unite with your own soul and to develop um, an incredibly deep rapport with your own heart, which is where our strongest intelligence and intuition lives is in our heart, not anywhere else. Um, and to also, you know, take a shamanic journey and to see which power animal presents. Um, it's a perfect time to do all of that most powerful work. And on that note, so I get animal power in the mail. What is your dream way for someone to work with the book? Uh, and 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 as we wrap, your biggest takeaway, whether that's a landing message for our listeners or even from the book, the message that you really hope uh, comes yeah. through. Not to stack questions here, but uh, yeah, no, it's good. I just got the chills on that. Um, yeah, so you get the book and you open the package and I, you smile, your heart smiles, your soul smiles, your face smiles, and um, you say, say hello to it, you know, it's, it's a living, breathing medicine book. And so my greatest wish is that you let your own intuition and heart guide you for how you want to develop your relationship with the book, but I think any good starting point for wherever that path takes you is to just greet it and say hello and maybe put the cover of it, just hold it up to your heart and just be with it for a moment. Um, I, what I do is I have my animal power book at the center of my altar and every single morning, that's where I start my day. Well, I start my day tuning into my heart and, and doing some things before I get out of bed. But once I'm out of bed, the first place I go is the altar. And I hold the book, like I just said, up to my heart and I close my eyes and I simply ask which animal most wants to work with me today or which animal wants to empower me the most today. And once I've asked that question, I keep my eyes closed and I just kind of flip around or sometimes I'll just boom, just open directly to a page, but just intuitively open and i i just have to say like 100 percent of the time 100 for my personal experience 100 percent of the time where that page opens it's exactly 
the medicine, the message, the practice, the understanding, the revelation that my I needed the most. And so um, just to give a little more context, animal power is 100 animals to energize your life and awaken your soul. And so each of the 100 animals has a full page of vibrant color artwork that provides a lot of medicine transmissions. Each animal has keywords of what that animal represents so you can understand why it's come forward to you. And then um, on the opposite page of the art, there is a section called energy medicine. And those are uh, like anywhere from five to 10 messages that this animal is wanting to convey to you. And then each animal also has a power practice. And that's if you wanna go deeper with that animal. If something's really like, oof, this is what I need. I need to like really vibe with this animal for a while. Do the power practice, which is, a, you know, each one is different, but they're typically guided ceremonies, rituals, meditations for you to really get to know that animal. And then sometimes there's fun little factoids and scientific facts at the bottom uh, to just like give you some cool little nuggets of understanding. And then beyond that, I invited 25 other shamans and spiritual teachers from all over the world to share a story about an animal, a power animal that changed their life. Um, so I just happened to open to uh, the book or in the book, the page of the condor and my dear friend, Daniel Ceballos, he's a sacred song carrier that I know from a shamanic community when I lived in New York City. He shares a beautiful story about the condor um, and the eagle condor prophecy. So that's a little bit more about it. And then the other thing that I just want to um, speak into and in honoring space is the honor as the artist, um, William Santiago, he actually passed away right upon completing um, the 100 animal art here for this book. And wow. yeah, so I just always like to speak his name out loud and to just give deep thanks to him because um, I knew, you know, the art, selecting the artist for this, I knew was gonna be a huge piece and I did not take it lightly. And I scoured and looked through many artists from all over the world. And the second I saw William's work, I knew he was the one. And I really hoped that it could come into fruition, that he would agree and, um, and he did. And he did such an incredible job. He didn't speak any English and yet our souls came together you know to um to make animal power happen and right when he got done uh drawing and designing the animals he transitioned into the other realms and uh -huh. so just want to thank him because this book would not have been possible without him a powerful mission he was able to complete i i think that this uh there's a lot in this so thank you for sharing that um Powerful. Thank you so much, Allison. I, I'm so happy. I think we have a lot that for people to work with here today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we invite our guests to tune in next week. Uh, follow Allison's work. You can find her. The, the book and everything is on allisoncharles.com and your podcast. Uh, I was like, oh, I need to listen to the big announcement one. I'm going to go with <laughs> best is yet to come. Uh, but I uh, thank you again so much and want to give you a moment to say any closing notes. Mm, thank you for again for having me. It's so good to see you again. And, and yeah, I do you can get animal power anywhere books are sold, um, independent bookstores, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all of it. But I do recommend going to allisoncharles.com backslash animal power, because if you order it there, 
you will get sent a free video guided shamanic journey that I facilitate with my drum where you can go into the other realms and meet the animal, your current power animal. So if you know, if you want to see which one wants to come forward, even if you've journeyed before, you know, depending upon what we're going through in life, different animals will come forward. We all do have a core animal that's with us our whole life, but just depending upon uh, where you're currently at, different animals, because all of them hold within it different medicines and teachings, uh, different ones come forward. So you can you can do that if you get the book on my website. Thank you. Thank you so much for all your powerful work. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Lila Life Show. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Lila Life Show. Be sure to share, like, and comment. Tune in next week. And if you're not already a member of the Lila Life Collective, you'll want to be. So take a look in the show notes and be sure you sign up today. Have a beautiful day.